podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback. And I am joined, as always, by my lovely, lovely week one co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? I'm uh, I'm feeling frisky. I'm feeling frisky. This is obviously the week one show. Yes. And it's also the season of truthers. And, you know, we have Jared Cook truthers. This is a good time for them. We have Kristen Michael truthers. Now that Kristen Michael is the number one guy on the depth chart in Seattle, and we have we have Niall Davis truthers. We're not, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Whoops, whoops, whoops. It's still it's still a dark time for them, but yeah, it's actually uh, always going to be a dark time. For Ter- Terrell Pryor, you know, is doing things, so it's it's uh, a shaping up uh, to be a season of vindication. This is a season of vindication. Now, I didn't make that lyric up last last episode, but I just made that one up. I is, is, the, is the craziest thing happening right now that Kristen Michael is like. He's not. He's not just a thing. He's the. He's. He's on top of the Seattle Seahawks depth chart right now. Of course, like, now, right? Like that's insane to me. Like to think about that. He. He went through what he went through last season after finally getting a chance, and then he got a. Came back to Seattle, gets a chance, doesn't do much, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's something clicked. There, look, there was a Seattle Times beat reporter who's been covering the team for a long time, and he said back in June, he said, I don't know anything about what's going to happen with Rawls or any uh, the running back situation. All I know is that I've been watching Kristen Michael for years, and he has always seemed aloof and detached from what's happening on the field and what's happening around the team. But this year is different. He is engaged, and he seems to actually want to be on the field and want to play. So... Although we can't base our decisions entirely on those things, you know, these things are worth noting even way back in June. Yeah, that's I mean, it's absolutely nuts. But you're right. It is. It is certainly a time uh, for truthers. We actually had not only not only uh, truthers uh, that people who love players Mm -hmm. on the football field, but we had an LTS truther tonight, Denny. We did tweet us tweet at us. At Rejected Papers, Jeff Widener. We have to give him some love. This podcast is dedicated to you, Jeff, because he just his his wife just had a baby, and he's holding this baby in in the in the the hospital room, wearing an "I Run Like a Dad" T shirt. Yeah. If that doesn't if that's not hashtag branding, I don't know what is. I mean, I I feel like we've been branded by 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 such a such a show of uh, dedication. That's just uh, it just look like like crazy amount like I almost started crying whenever I saw that. I, I got you know what I got a little tingle in my spine. Right, right. I mean, this is like a it's a big you you bring life into this world. One of the first things that this baby knows is living the stream. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby the baby understands. Here's what the well, baby. No, understands. Well, I did I did hear that the baby came out and the first thing that it muttered was delete your account, Denny. <laughs> As it screamed, right? Its first screams were, delete your account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, it, welcome to this horrible world where my Twitter account exists. <laughs> right. 
it was peak branding though tonight. I was I was pretty pleased to see that. I was too. You know, I brought my my dad runner T-shirt to the hospital uh, hospital when my daughter was born uh, a couple months ago, but uh, I did not have it on when she was delivered. So right. so he won up me there. Good job, man. Right, and I'm just like like look. Okay, this is like the, one of the biggest moments of your life, right? And there in in his mind, in some way. He was thinking of us because he was putting on that. He was wearing that T-shirt in some way, not probably not consciously, even hopefully not while his baby. But look, he's wearing that T-shirt and living the stream is is in the back of his mind. I and and I'm honored. I'm honored. I have to say, I'm more than honored, and that's why this whole podcast. And hopefully, it's not a Nick Foles like podcast. Nick oh, Foles please. week three type podcast please, God. is dedicated to you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank yes. you for being such a great listener. Absolutely, we appreciate it. Denny, though, this is this is week one. We're finally – look, we just went through so many podcasts over the summer talking about things that have nothing to do with this podcast. Because because like like this podcast actually is for for what happens during the season. We just kind of BS throughout the, throughout the offseason. I mean, we talk about the strategy and stuff, but we, generally speaking, are just BSing in the offseason. Look at back in the, in the old days, we used to only come back in late August and say – you know, here are some some uh, some potential late round guys. Boom, boom, boom. Season started. Uh, we right. we did we did not do the the four months ahead of time thing. You know, like we do now. Right, right. Before we were bears hibernating. <laughs> we were, yeah. And now and now we're we're humans. We're 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 dogs. Right. I, what what happened? Okay. By the way, about dogs. Why were people talking about big dogs? Or, or big, or big, you know, big dog. Sorry. You mean with me? <laughs> yes, with yeah. you. Because, because uh, someone. Okay, so I love, I love when someone uh, jumps in my mentions with a provocation. Like it's clearly meant. Like they, someone jumped in and said, "Give me your take on dogs versus cats." Okay, now you know that I'm not going to come with. Dogs are good in these situations, or <laughs> these certain breeds are very good. And some cats are good too, but some cats are bad. I'm not going to do that, okay? I'm going to give you. I'm going to go to the extreme, and I'm going to say what I mean, which is that dogs are terrible. I don't like dogs. Okay. The worst. Okay, and I get it. You have a lovely dog. I'm sure. Henry's the goat. I'm sure <laughs> Henry's a goat slash dog. He's a goat hybrid. He's so doc- why don't you? Why don't you like dogs? Uh, you know, I mean, you know, they're they're disgusting. Uh. <laughs> Mostly, they they salivate everywhere. They eat everything. They they shed everywhere. They 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 poop everywhere. It's just it's like having a kid, um, uh, but actually much easier now that I think that, about that it. That doesn't so. that doesn't develop and talk to you. No, no, it's actually much. I I I take that back. Uh, having a kid is like having a dog, but much worse. So. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I think that's 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 way way more proper. Not that I have children to know what that's like. But, but also, I okay. So people thought that I was like this diehard cat truther, though, you know. But I'm not. I never said I love cats. In fact, I had two cats. My cats' names were Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. I gave gave them away last year because they were so annoying. They were so deeply aggravating that we just gave them away. They're fine. They're not. They were not put to sleep. <laughs> you gave them away. I see how it works. They went to a farm and now they they live there. No. Uh no, so I'm not I don't really like cats, but I really don't like dogs. So that's that's my take. You just don't like things. I you you can't see how dogs are annoying. Look. I don't look. I'm I'm much more I'm on team small dog. Like I think small dogs are great. 
but I also I'm I'm more like team medium sized dog. Like I'm not really really into like huge dogs. Like if I go to a friend's house or something and they got these like 150 pound dogs, oh. like I'm not like I'm not about that life totally. Like but but at the same time, I don't like avoid the dog. Like I'm not like get away from me, pushing it away. I can't handle this. Like I'll still embrace the dog. Yeah. But I don't. I, I would never own one of those dogs. So here's. So JJ is pretending he doesn't understand what I what I'm saying now. But it, it, <laughs> but before the show, two out of three shows, he's going, Henry, shut up, <laughs> yeah, Henry. That's not even false. Henry, <laughs> shut the f up. <laughs> that's not even false. Yeah. No. I mean, and and you're like, God damn it, that dog. Like you're. <laughs> it's not that. It's definitely not that. Intense. You're screaming. You're hitting your desk. Pounding on my desk before every LTS. Yeah, I mean, I have to get the I anger mean, out before I get on here, so I don't get angry at you. Yeah, well, I but just, I just displace it on my fifteen-pound dog. I was also, as a kid, I was knocked over and like trampled upon by a, a large dog. <laughs> okay, then that's this. this well, that might have something to do with this. It. Just took a turn. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, his, that that that'll traumatize you. His name was Rex, and he's burning in hell right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Rest in peace, Rex. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Harambe. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. All right, Denny. Uh, let's just get to it. Let's just talk Week One. A lot yeah. of in, lot of intriguing matchups. Uh, you know, in the in the past, we've you've kind of done the defensive streamers, and I get the quarterbacks, and we mix in tight ends. But this year, we're just gonna kind of just go at it and just say who we think we should stream, and we'll be keeping track as we always do. Uh, each season. So, Denny, why don't you give us the first defensive streaming recommendation of the entire 2016 season? Uh, we're going to go at it. All right, everybody, uh, hide the kids. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, God. dude, the, the whole Rex thing just threw me off. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, okay, here we go. My The first recommendation is. I I really am quite bullish on the Titans at home against the team formerly known as the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> um, they uh, obviously the Bridgewater fiasco. Um, and by the way, I know I'm a Bridgewater hater and everything, uh, but people want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna badmouth Teddy Bridgewater after his leg almost falls off of his body. <laughs> Like that's would be the most screwed up thing imaginable. It was I'm horrified by this injury. How, how it? The, I, I read the details and it's it's just horrific. I feel awful for the guy. He you know may never play again by some accounts. I guess, but I anyway. I'm not going to say anything negative about Teddy Bridgewater. But getting back to the the the, the Vikings, Sean Hill uh, is starting. The last time he had, um, or actually no, Sean Hill may start. Correct. Yeah, I, he's, I, mean, he, I would assume he's going okay. to. There's no way Sam Bradford can right. learn that in a week. Right, so we'll have to wait for Bradford uh, to stream against Bradford. But um, <laughs> Sean, Sean Hill had uh, an eight to seven touchdown to interception ratio in 2014 when he had when he had eight starts. Okay, uh, he had a 63.2 percent completion rate, which uh, is actually uh, not awful by any means, but uh, it, there's a reason why he had a, a pretty solid completion rate. It's because his adjusted yards per attempt was six and a half yards. Right. He's, okay. he's just conservative. It's just six and a half yards. Six and a half yards is slightly less than the typical Alex Smith uh, adjusted yards per attempt season. So uh, if people make fun of Alex, 
uh, Alex the Goat, Alex Jesus Smith. Uh, so, but Sean Hill's the same way. So, I think the the Titans, for these reasons, have a very uh, high floor. I also think that they might have a really nice ceiling if they get a lead in this one and the Vikings are forced to have an unbalanced attack, you know, through through the air. Now, the Vikings somehow are a favorite in this game. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. And that's what I was going to ask you. Would you play – because Minnesota's defense obviously is, is just more po- – I mean, it's a better defense. It's actually a good unit. Yeah. But they're on the road, but they are favorites. So how would you handle that if Minnesota's defense was out there? Oh, if 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 uh, that's a, that is a good question. Let's see. They are uh, they're owned in fifty nine percent of uh, ESPN leagues. So they they are out there. That's a really good question. You know, I know that they're that they're favored, um, but I I think with their quarterback situation, we've seen we've seen many times we've seen our streamers, our defensive streamers, be sunk by bad offenses. Uh, I think that that's a danger here. I actually do think that I would lean Tennessee's defense over the Vikings because of the situation. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I think both of them are decent options though this week in general. Like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, mm-hmm. I think that just given how this slate kind of sets up and how, you know, there's a lot of, of good defense that defenses that are in good matchups, which means you probably didn't, you know, you didn't draft the, the, the Panthers defense more than likely because they went earlier, even though they're playing Denver, you didn't draft Seattle's defense more than likely. And they're playing Miami at home, you know, Seattle being the best defense probably on the slate. Mm-hmm. The same with like Houston's against Chicago and Houston. So that means that I, I, some of these defensive picks, um, you know, there, there is a little bit of, uh, you, you should be a little bit scared, but I think that just because of the way the slate is set up that a, a team like Minnesota is still probably an above average play. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and, the, but the, the, the main reason that I'm interested in the Titans defense is because of Sean Hill is because mm-hmm. when we stream, we look for defenses playing against bad quarterbacks who may have to throw a lot. And I think that that's what we have here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other defense that I think folks definitely should be targeting, it's one that I drafted a ton in in season-long leagues just because of this week one matchup. Uh, it's Philly against Cleveland. You have a four-point favorite at home with a 41.5 point over-under, and you have a, a, a guy in RG3 who will take sacks, who will degaff and throw the ball downfield and turn the ball over. Uh, the Eagles defense is, is pretty it's, – you know, it's, it's a decent unit. Um, and then you match that up, uh, you know, against the fact that on offense, though the Eagles were, you know, we, you just mentioned about the the Vikings and how their offense might not look very good. I think the difference with the Eagles, even though Carson Wentz is under center, and I would never touch Carson Wentz this week from a mm-hmm. fantasy perspective because I think it could be disastrous. The Browns' defense is that bad that I think that a guy like Ryan Matthews could just have such a good game that you don't you know they're they're gonna run clock they're gonna they're gonna own the ball enough in this game I, I i would i would guess that there's gonna be very few plays run in this contest um it's gonna be low scoring uh and again since they're favorites they're at home they're playing rg3 it makes perfect sense to target philadelphia's defense this week yes i agree the the browns are projected uh have an implied total of 18.75 which is the the third lowest of the week um, only the Chargers, <laughs> amazingly, and the Dolphins uh, have uh, have low, lower implied totals. So uh, I think anytime you can stream against RG three, I mean we've we've had success doing yeah. that uh, in the past, and 
it's been a while. It's been it's certainly been a while, but um, uh, I I think that the the Eagles have been a solid pick for a long time. I mean, I think we may have mentioned them. W- would you play the Eagles over over the Vikings or Titans? Yes, I would. I would yeah. play them over both. I think the Eagles are a top five defense this week. I think yeah. it's it's you know it's like Seattle, Houston, those kind of D's, um, and then. And then I'd probably put Houston right up there as well. I, I think I think like Arizona is a pretty good defense this week against Garoppolo. Like, there's 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 good plays, but they're all elite defenses. I think this is easily the number one defense that's not a plug and play type defense, or the way that people drafted the defense is not a plug and play type defense. Yeah, I I tend to uh, agree there. Uh, I I would say just on a side note, Houston is probably the top defense of the week, right? Yeah, I mean, I I love Seattle just because they're at home against Tanny. Right. I mean that that offense is just looks horrible. Um, but you definitely could make the case that that Houston, um, as long as 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 long as JJ Watts back, mm-hmm. I know your favorite, my um, favorite, my brother. Then, then they'll be yeah, then they'll be they'll be a good pick too. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know just really quick, I think a lot of people have asked questions about the Rams and 49ers defenses. I mean, obviously the Rams have a much stronger defense personnel wise than the 49ers do. 49ers are a little below average overall from a personnel standpoint. Uh, but it's only a two-and-a-half-point game uh, from a, a Rams being favorited. Uh, but it's in San Francisco. So you kind of have a similar situation as you do in Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, where you have a road favorite that's not favored by a whole lot in what should be a low-scoring game with two just awful, awful quarterbacks, even though you know I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is awful, just that you have offenses that aren't necessarily going to put up a ton of points. Um, so is that to you – I mean – are are you looking at the 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 Rams, the 49ers if they're the 49ers are definitely going to be out there on your waiver wire. Right. And I, to to me I think that the 49ers are kind of sneaky. They're a little sneaky um just because they're at home, Case Keenum's the starting quarterback, Case Keenum turns the ball over. Um I I I'm not, you know, it, it's not a situation where I'm going to start them over Tennessee or Minnesota or Philly or anything like that. Um, but are you intrigued whatsoever with what this game is, how this game sets up? There were a few times last year where I was really pumped up about streaming against Case Keenum, and then the Rams seized control of game script yeah. and game flow, and, and they Todd Gurley went ham, and they and they protected him, and they 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 basically shielded him from committing Case Keenum type mistakes, which is just throwing into triple coverage, just throwing it up for grabs downfield. Uh, I think one of these games was against the uh, the Bucks on a Thursday night, I believe, mm-hmm. and and you know Keenum was was basically assigned to throwing very uh, safe throws uh, while Gurley and and uh, I guess Cunningham at the time uh, chipped away on the ground. Uh, so unless unless you think the Niners' offense is going to push the pace, you know, to push the Rams to have to score. Uh, and 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 go to the air. Then I think it's very risky to stream the Niners. I think the Niners' floor, I, you would agree, is terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's scary. It's, it's scary like, just because we have no idea what this 49ers team is going to look like. Right. It's and like it, it's just it looks bad. Yeah, I would say the Rams' floor is is decent, and the Niners is below zero. Yeah. Okay. I can I can get behind that. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to quarterbacks now. I think that the way I kind of am looking at the quarterback situation this week is I hope to God that you drafted as we told you to draft, which is to look for guys who at least have reasonable 
week one matchups, whether it's Matthew Stafford, whether it's Derek Carr, even Ty God, I think is fine against, against Baltimore. Kirk Cousins is in a great spot against Pittsburgh. I think all those guys are, especially Cousins, Carr and Stafford. They're all probably close. They're all top 10 options in my eyes this week. Um, you know, the problem too, is that Dak Prescott, obviously starting for, for Dallas, I think we would like over our streamers this week, but he's owned in over 40% of leagues. So we're not trying to give you guys advice and a streamer of a guy who mm-hmm. is owned in, in far more leagues than you can get him in. Um, so, you know, there, there, there are, there are some options, but to be candid, I think we ran into the same issue last season, Denny, where, where right now at the beginning of the season, because the quarterback position is so deep, you don't get insane ownership numbers on particular quarterbacks. You mostly just get very evenly distributed ownership numbers on these quarterbacks. So it's hard to really pinpoint guys who are owned in, you know, less than 30% of leagues, let's say, with the hope. I mean, like I said, the hope is that you drafted in your draft for that week one matchup, which is why, for instance, I own Stafford in a ton of leagues, even though I'm not as bullish on the, on the Lions offense as some might be. I just love this week one matchup with the Vontae Davis-less Colts team. So with that being said, who's, who's a streamer, a quarterback streamer that you think could at least give us a decent floor for our week one matchup? I'm going straight to the, the savior of man, Alex Smith. Uh, I, uh, you know, we've talked about his floor so much. That's pretty much what the brand is, is talking right. about Alex Smith's floor. Right. Um, but I looked up, so they're, they're a, a touchdown favorite, correct? Yes. Against, against the yeah. Chargers. At, yeah. At home, they, they have a nice implied total of 25 points. And, uh, so I looked at, uh, at Alex's splits, a couple of them. Uh, one is, uh, in 39 home wins since 2013, uh, he's averaged 20.4 fantasy points, um, and that's uh, more than four points uh, over what he's averaged in home losses uh, since that time. Uh, and then I looked at splits with and without uh, Jamal Charles because you know he may be out. If he's in, I, it seems he'll be limited unless something, mm-hmm. I guess, drastic happens. Uh, and he, uh, Alex Smith has averaged two and a half point fantasy points per game more when Jamal is out uh, in a, and, and that comes on fewer pass attempts. He's averaged 27 pass attempts with Jamal out and 32 with Jamal in the lineup. So it's almost like, it's almost like the running back position doesn't matter in real football. It's almost like that, right? Crazy. It's just, it's, it's almost like you don't have to spend any money at running back and you can pour it all into other positions that matter. Imagine that. Oh, weird. Well, we'll have to share that with someone. Um, uh, so I, I I really like um, I really like Alex Smith. I, I the 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 total is great. The spread is is not fantastic, and you can touch on on that. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're seven point favorites, and that that increases their implied team total to being I think like a top eight yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for yeah, they, they have the eighth best implied team total in the week. I'm a little surprised by the seven point spread uh, just because there's been some injuries to the KC defense. Um, you know, obviously I think that we all see that the, the chargers offense should be improved this season with Keenan Allen coming back. They get Travis Benjamin, their O line is healthier. Um, I, there, there's just a lot of reasons for more optimism from a San Diego offense perspective. I wouldn't be surprised if, if San Diego keeps us closer than what it is. And I think that that's important because you mentioned Alex Smith at home and wins, and he's good when they win at home. Um, but if he's a seven-point favorite or more over, since he's been in KC, 
he's actually scored two fewer fantasy points per game than not. So I think if this is a closer game, you know, maybe three or four points rather than seven, mm-hmm. uh, and they still get that win, they still have the positive game script, that's ideal for Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do think, though, that despite the fact that Vegas is saying that this is a seven-point game, uh, I, I think that it's going to be a little bit closer with the, with the two division rivals. Yeah, um, I, I heard somewhere that uh, the that Keenan Allen has never been healthy for a game at Arrowhead. Uh, he definitely wasn't last year. I know that for a fact. I didn't. I didn't look deeper than last year though, because I just wanted to see how they performed. Um, you know, against KC last year. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think that there there are a couple red flags, but like, like you mentioned. If you didn't go ahead and draft a Cousins, a Tyrod, Derek Carr, those types for this for their for their you know great week one matchups, then I I think that Alex is probably your best bet or maybe your second best bet. Yeah, the only other guy that I think is at his level is Brock Osweiler this week, who's who's another streamer you guys can target. I mean, obviously, uh, you know they have they have um, they got Fuller now. They have. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller. Mm -hmm. The biggest question mark is that offensive line that's banged up, which is a little bit scary. But look, if you look at the Chicago secondary, I I know that their their corners finally started practicing on Monday, but we're talking their top three corners all being hurt. You have Kyle Fuller, Tracy Porter, both sitting, uh, or or both were hurt and and started practicing on Monday. Those are both their starting corners. And then you got Bryce Callahan, who's a backup corner for them. All of them are banged up. So even if they're even if they play, they're, they they may not, might not be a hundred percent, which I think is a really good thing for Osweiler. Again, they have a pretty high team total as well uh, going into this uh, in, into this game. Uh, they should have a positive game script. You know, I I think that it sets up well for Osweiler, who looked decent in the preseason, and I think um, you know surprised me at least. I, I wasn't super excited about Osweiler in mm-hmm. this offense just because. You know, he didn't show enough last season. It's not like he was advanced metrics wise or even eyes, eye wise. Uh, it's not like he was. He he looked great in Denver. Uh, but I think with all the weapons um, and Lamar Miller in that backfield, if he can get, I, I think that he should have scoring opportunities. And if they can convert some of those scoring opportunities to passing touchdowns instead of rushing touchdowns, that's good news for him. Yeah, uh, he seemed functional at at worst, really, uh, in in the preseason. Uh, the, I think the one thing that worries me a little bit with Osweiler is, um, the potential for that game to get out of hand, A, and then B, you know, the Texans showed last year that when they're playing the way they want to play, they're not running 65, 70 plays a game. They're running as pretty much as few plays as possible and playing conservatively. So unless that changes, he he's going to have to i think be very efficient in in a, in good games he's going to have to be very very efficient he's not going to just kind of stumble into fantasy points unless unless the game script gets weird and the texans get yeah. down but that just does that seems so unlikely but the the injuries to that secondary the fact that the bears are just playing going to probably be very bad it mm-hmm. it it does uh it does seem like he's he he could be a surprise dfs wise I I really like him as a uh, as as a, as a low on play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the last guy I just want to mention, I would play the other two quarterbacks over him. Uh, the more that I've thought about it, the more that I've researched it. Um, but it's Joe Flacco. You know, I'm not in love with the matchup because the Bills' secondary is pretty strong. 
Um, uh, you know, but but Baltimore also has a decent implied team total in this game. They're three point favorites. You get a pretty neutral game script. Not only that, but we know that Baltimore is going to be pretty pass heavy this season with Mark Trestman there, uh, and and what they showed last season. Not only, and, and and then on top of that. Joe Flacco was actually QB 13 when he went down last year. So it's not as though Flacco can't produce as just a regular fan, low-end QB1 fantasy starter. Um, you know, And last year, Buffalo actually saw the 10th highest pass-to-run ratio against mm-hmm. last, uh, uh, you know, in 2015, uh, which I think just plays into what Baltimore will probably want to do uh, with, a, with a backfield that's just borderline awful. Just, I mean, that backfield, I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, my money is still on Terrence West, but like it's it's just it's it's not great. Um, you know, Brashad Perriman playing last week and and, and seeing some some uh, looks in the offense is definitely positive news. Um, I think Flacco is fine, and the the other thing with Flacco is that the next two weeks he gets Cleveland and Jacksonville. So if you pick him up now, and if you think that you can ride this, you know, I think he'll be a QB two this week. Right. But if you can ride that, like maybe fifteen point performance, if you can get that from him. I think that's that that'd be great because then you're I guarantee you he's going to make this this show over the next 2 weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. With those matchups. All right, Denny, tight end. Let's hear it. A guy we've talked about, uh Vance McDonald is available in 95% of ESPN leagues, which I think gives you an idea as to how insular the fantasy football community is on Twitter. <laughs> Because yeah, for real. to me, Vance McDonald seems like people are just plugging and playing him. But uh, I would say the general public has uh, no idea who Vance McDonald is. And, and for good reason. I mean, what has he done? He's done uh, r- virtually nothing um, uh, in his in his career. But uh, here we are uh, in week one. He has and I think that he'll continue to to benefit from the total lack of options in the in the passing game in the receiving game for the Niners the the Niners wide receiver depth chart is the stuff of nightmares yeah uh, you know I mean you you could you could make a, a an epic horror film just based on that list you know right right um it's Tory Smith and then no one I actually saw you were listed fourth I don't know if you knew that. I, well, I, I did not know that I, I I'm glad I made the so, team yeah I'm I, I mean it's look at hard work and dedication will get you everywhere so right, right and that that place was Chip Kelly's offense in San Francisco uh yeah <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you so uh I I looked at uh when when Vance let's dance Vance uh uh got an opportunity last year got decent opportunity so I arbitrarily cut off that opportunity to when he saw four targets or more uh in 2015 in those games, uh, when he saw four or more targets, he ha- he averaged 4.3 receptions, 44 yards, and 0.6 touchdowns. And that comes out, if you just average that out, that's 12.1 PPR fantasy points. Uh, it's not hateful, uh, especially for a guy you can just scrape off the waiver, ri- waiver wire right now. Um, and, uh, you know, with the the volume that we're likely to see, from San Francisco with that Chip Kelly offense, uh, I think that we'll see a lot more, you know, a lot more games in which he has, uh, you know, not 15 targets, but, you know, six to eight targets. He's a great red zone threat, a natural red zone threat on a team that's devoid of red zone threats otherwise. Uh, so, you know, I, I like him. If you're if you're really you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, uh, I think that he's, you know, more than decent for this week. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the other guy that I want to talk, touch on is actually he's owned in just a couple more uh, ESPN leagues advances. It's Jesse James. Um, look, I've been thinking about this more and more. It's kind of crazy to me that people were drafting Ladarius Green in the single-digit rounds when Ladarius Green has no history of being this elite tight end, right? Like, I, I know that he has some history of, of being productive, but, like, it's not like this is an elite guy who just went into this Pittsburgh offense that has a really good quarterback, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I think that people are looking at the upside of the situation, right, with, with Ladarius Green be playing with Ben Roethlisberger, stepping in for Heath Miller, all of the above. It made sense that, that Ladarius Green could have been a breakout tight end. And then all of a sudden he's out, and Jesse James comes in, and Jesse James is getting absolutely no love for what None. he could potentially be in this offense. I mean – Look at look at this look look at this from the highest of levels. Okay, you have an offense that has three wide receivers who are five foot eleven or shorter playing either in the slot or outside. Those are their three. You have Antonio Brown, Marcus Wheaton, Eli Rogers. Three very small wide receivers. You get into the red zone, which by the way they should because their implied team total is very high. You mm-hmm. get into the red zone. What is Ben Roethlisberger going to do? He's going to look for the six foot seven Jesse James. Wow. Is he not? Like Jesse wow. James, Jesse James is a freak. He's huge. He's a he's a mismatch problem in the red zone, and we even saw that when when uh, the Steelers destroyed the first team Saints off defense, which I know it's the Saints. I understand, but Jesse James scored a touchdown with with Ben Roethlisberger in the game. Um, I I think that the way you know the way that you approach the tight end position from from a streaming standpoint is that you're looking for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it is. And to me, there's no guy on the waiver wire that has more touchdown upside at the position this week and maybe even moving forward than what Jesse James has. And look, I've get, I, I've gotten a ton of Virgil Green or Jesse James questions, not just for this week, but for the season. I don't, I don't get it because I think that, that both of them are in similar situations, but it's very, very clear which situation in terms of who the quarterback is and who the other weapons are in the offense. It's very obvious that to me – that Jesse James has more upside than what Virgil Green would have. Am I wrong in thinking that? Like, like what? Like I, I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I've been trying to like, like comprehend this. Whereas in Denver, I know that I'm kind of going on a tangent. In Denver, you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas stealing looks mm-hmm. when that team gets in the red zone and when that team just moves the ball down the field. In Pittsburgh, you have Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell when he comes back, and not much else, right? So there, so not only not, in, but, but but then on top of that, we're comparing Trevor Simeon to Ben Roethlisberger. Like it's it's kind of crazy to me that Jesse. I understand it's just because we haven't seen much from Jesse James. We have also haven't seen much from Virgil Green. I right. get it. So yeah. like it's just it's it's kind of crazy to me that like Jesse James hasn't been talked about or shot up draft boards or any or any of that uh, over the last couple of weeks since this. Ladarius Green stuff happened. Yeah, he's the he's the unquestioned starter on a team with a bunch of mini me's, a, a wide receiver, and I think that Roethlisberger has has always looked to Heath Miller when when yeah. the court when the quarters get close, uh, and he's the you know he's the guy. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And also, if we talk about the matchup, I was just looking at this Washington. Uh, last year allowed the eighth uh, most receptions to tight ends and the seventh most yards. So right. um, what they only allowed four touchdowns, which is which is fairly low to tight ends. But uh, the matchup might be might be right along with the team total, along with the role that Jesse James will play. Uh, I yes, I am all over. I would 
love to play Jesse James as, I don't know, a top 10 option this week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's set up really, really well. Not only that, but if you look at the way this Washington defense is constructed, they now have Josh Norman who's going to take away a side of the field. And so if you line Jesse James up in the slot and, and, and on, on, one, on the opposite side of where and kind of stack the other side away from Josh Norman, like he's going to get a lot of opportunity. I just, I mean, obviously the reason that you're targeting him is because of the red zone and because he's this freak of nature. He's six foot seven. I mean, he's huge. Wow. And, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, he's this, he's, this, he's this big, big tight end. He can move. I mean, mm. it's, it's not like, it's, it's why I'm so confused is because, like people on Twitter would be all about a guy this size typically. And then you like add on to the fact that he's playing in an offense that has Ben Roethlisberger and that, that actually has targets up for grabs, you know? And, and it's, it's just surprising to me. I'm trying not to be a homer, but the more that I think about it, the more I just cannot comprehend why people are more into a guy like Virgil green than they are Jesse James when the Steelers are probably going to score 20 more touchdowns than the Broncos are this year. Yeah, I well for this week and going forward, I don't know. You're not being a homer at all, by the way. I would totally call you out if you're being a homer. And I, I used to be into Virgil Green when I when the when I thought that Peyton Manning was throwing him the ball, not the um, right. ghost of Peyton Manning. Right. Exactly. And now Trevor Simeon. Now that you know, there's a lot of question marks about that Denver offense. I almost want hands off of that Denver offense until I understand what's happening. Uh, so. Yeah, that's not close for me. Not even close. Yeah. I do think, I mean, from this is just a random tidbit. I do think that, like, a, a Demarius could be interesting still in, like, a GPP this weekend because the corners for, for Carolina are both rookies, right? Like, we don't know what they could. And, and Demarius is such a freak mm-hmm. that he might just be able to manhandle them. Uh, but I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, like, it just, it, it's a, you, you have a guy, a tight end in one off, literally like the same kind of role. Like they, they want both of these guys to play the exact same role in these respective offenses. But in one case, you have a, a team that's going to score 15 more touchdowns than the other team. Right. And I know I said 20 last time, but I realized after I said 20, that's probably a little bit harsh. <laughs> but, but I mean, like they're going to score an extra touchdown yeah. per game, let's say. Why would you not want to be targeting that? So to me, it's just interesting. I think Jesse James... Uh, should be at the top of your radar. I think he's a good GBP play this week as well because not a lot of people are going to be on him. Uh, he's been price everywhere. Like like you, I am exasperated. Yes, yes. So we got Jesse James, Vance McDonald at tight end. We have Brock and Alex Smith at quarterback with maybe Joe Flacco if you're kind of thinking ahead. Maybe you have limited roster moves in your league. I can I can get behind that. Dak, we would both play over all those guys. Um, and you know, hopefully you, hopefully you picked up a Stafford or a car or a, a tie rod or a cousins that you're not worrying about that this week. And then on defense, uh, we have Tennessee, Minnesota, if they're out there, I guess, but more so Tennessee and then the Philly defense as well. Yep. All right, Denny, let's get to the questions portion of the podcast. Question apocalypse. First one at every down RB ever take home mini shampoo bottles from a hotel. Uh, I have not because the shampoo at a hotel is usually not good. Right. I, I've never done that either. Not only that, but usually if I'm in a hotel, I'm flying. And I don't want to bring that on the on, – I don't want to have to deal with that. Through is, that is that some sort of drug reference? What are you talking about? You're flying. Oh, oh, flying as in – oh, flying <laughs> into the – It's a weird way to say it. Why am I flying? I'm in an airplane. What do you say? I'm going like I'm – just, I'm just wondering. You know, yeah. look, we had Tom Everett Scott on. It's Hollywood. It's <laughs> drugs. Anyway. Next one, at Ryan Burns MN, he said, where are you drafting Spencer Ware and Jamal Charles now in standard and PPR? Oh, man, it's so hard. Oh, my God. I'm still of the belief that I think Jamal Charles is going to end up being a value, and we're going to look back and be like, this is this is weird. 
Um, but like the, the thing that sucks most, and I think I mentioned this last week on the show, it's like Spencer Ware is really good. And like, I wish he wasn't because this would be a lot easier. Yes. But Spencer Ware is actually really, really good. Um, so to me, you know, I, I, I think, I think Ware's like a ninth ish rounder maybe, uh, in that territory where maybe right after you're getting like the Charles Sims of the world. And then JC maybe in the, he might be like early fourth now, man. I would take him in the fourth. Yeah, I think he's like early fourth, late third. I would take him in the fourth, but I'm with you. I don't see a scenario in which Spencer Ware is told, all right, Spencer, back to the bench forever. Yeah. I don't see that. I don't see that scenario. And, and, I, know, and I, don't, I, know, I know it's not a, a, an Andy Reid thing, but I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just hard to see. I, I, well, it, would, it wouldn't be hard to see if Jamal was obviously at full health. Right, but in this situation, I just I think that there's a lot of uncertainty. Look, at, the room is on fire, and you are drinking coffee like a damn dog, saying this is fine. If you think Jamal Charles is going to be a bell cow, like the guy, like he always has been, I I really think that you're just saying this is this is fine. Right, I I totally agree with you. Uh, the next one at Double A Cantu, he said rank for week one: Car Cousins, Rivers, or the streamer. So. This comes down to Carr or Cousins. You get Carr against the Saints. You get Cousins against the Steelers. Who are you going with? Uh, mm, I love them both this week. I really yeah. do. Uh, cousins. I want Cousins. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Cousins still. Guys, I, I actually think the, the low-key, not even low-key, but the smarter play with the with the Raiders this week is going to be Latavius. Me too. So that's that's part of the reason I'm going Cousins without the running back there in, in, in Washington. Uh, next one at Nick B nineteen Stafford or Dalton this week. Stafford. Stafford easily, easily yeah. Stafford. Next one at uh, A P A Pie Cars. He says more of a thing: Narcos or Stranger Things. I don't know about Narcos. I I, I finished. Are you watching Stranger Things? I just finished it. You did. I did yeah, too. We we binged it this weekend. All right. Uh, we can't ruin it for people. Uh, right. what is, so out of 10, what would you give it? I would give it a really solid eight. Yeah, I, th- I figured you would like that a lot, like the show. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like it's to- it's extremely my thing, okay? Yeah. It's early 80s. Yeah. It's like synthesizer music everywhere. Like, like that, so, that much, so, many, been... so many 80s references, too. It's crazy. Did you... There, yeah. So like, did you like you can pick up on the Easter eggs throughout the the show of like the just the crazy references they have to like ET and stuff like that like throughout the throughout like scenes and, and whatnot. But there's a video on YouTube. This guy spends like 25 minutes going over all of them, and it's mind blowing. Mind blowing. I, yeah, the fan the fandom is out of control uh, for that show. Uh, I love that they have so many uh, tributes to John Carpenter, who is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, so I, I think that over the long run, the show will probably ruin itself with too many seasons like every show does, but that was a strong first season. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I would have given it like a seven and a half out of 10, which is still strong. I think I said, I think I said seven and a half to my buddies whenever they asked. Um, next one at knuckle pop, he says, which LTS sponsored wide receiver will ha- wide receiver will have the better season? Moncrief, Marvin Jones, Torrey Smith, or um, you know, Cook Goat? <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk about this? Is like what's beautiful about the Marvin Jones, Dante Moncrief stuff is that they're set up so well in Week One. 
Like, yeah, like are. if yeah. they don't perform week one, don't at me. Do not at me. <laughs> there will be no account to at. <laughs> there won't. Like if they don't It'll if they don't it. perform, it's gonna be very sad. But you know that Marvin Jones is gonna like hurt his knee or something in the first quarter. Oh stop! Don't that's a re, that's a reverse jinx if I've ever heard one. But right, but whatever. That's smart. But I'm smart. with you. <laughs> that's smart. That's part of your strategy. <laughs> uh, next one at Eddie, Eddie underscore straight is Goff being an active week one the goat Fisher move. How insane is it that that that. that that Goff is going to be inactive after being picked first overall. But Goff is horrible, and he should not play right in the NFL ever. Right, <laughs> it's, a, it's, now, it's, a, ever. it's amazing. It's amazing, and and if you watch Hard Knocks, you can even just like feel it. I feel it through my computer when I'm watching Hard Knocks. I I, I have to ask you this: Why do you think NFL teams continually draft guys who look? like quarterbacks. In other words, they are white, they're tall, and they can throw the ball. And, and and not necessarily a long way, but they can just throw a football. Because that's what they that's why you know the answer to that. So it's just, it's, 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 just it's just it's just getting it, it, look, I think that they obviously had scouts. A lot of people thought Jared Goff was the best pick in this year's draft. Carson Wentz being up you know, like all of the above. But I do think that there is there's, uh, there's. I think a lot of it has to do with with pressure, from from everyone, uh, starting at the ownership level, starting from the fans, getting this pressure to get the star quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. going to you're going to spend up in a position. And I'm not I'm not trying to get into a race thing or anything like that. But like, you you want a guy who you, like like Goff is a generally marketable person too, right? Like look at the way he looks. He's got that down. I mean, and not only that, like Carson Wentz has a good story behind him because he's coming from from the the mountain or from the farm or whatever, wherever the hell he's from. I don't even know where he's <laughs> <The> from. <mountain. laughs> he's just lived in the mountains for a while. Uh, no, I mean, like I, I think I think that just te- look. I can't fault a team for ever drafting a quarterback in the first round. I will never fault them for doing that because if they get mm-hmm. the guy, that's that's franchise changing, right? What mm-hmm. I can fault them for is trading their future for that guy thinking that their evaluation is flawless, which it's it's that's just not what happens. So I, I fault them for that. I don't fault them for picking a quarterback. I fault them for putting themselves in that position in the first place because they gave up way too much. I just don't know how a human can watch a guy like Blaine Gabbert and say he is a franchise maker and we're going to pick him. Uh, what did, did Gabbert go first overall? I forget. No, he was like eighth, I think, or seventh, oh, or something like that. Did he go before Cam? I can't remember what. I can't remember. No, Cam was first overall, but okay. it was it was another draft, wasn't it? So it was. Oh, was it? I don't know. It, it was ridiculously high. I just don't. And and with Goff, I don't. I, I don't watch college football, so maybe maybe this is just the benefit of hindsight. But I just I don't understand who is watching a guy like Jared Goff and saying he will excel in the NFL. Obviously, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I can understand that. I do. I actually, you're right. I think that Gabbert was in the same class as Cam, uh, but Cam went first overall that year, in 2011. So, oh, right, right. um, yeah, I mean, I look, I I I think that there are very obvious picks sometimes, right? Where like you get a guy. I I'm just surprised because like I think that like charisma and having like that 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 confidence slash slight cockiness is very important to that position, even though we're not, you know, yeah. we don't like talking about intangibles very often, but like, 
Like Aaron Rodgers had that coming out. Uh, but then you look at Goff, and if you watch Hard Knocks, dude, like this guy is like a a just like a dry log. Like he has no personality <laughs> at all. It's just insane. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't understand. I just don't understand where that evaluate. And you're right. The 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 thought that your evaluation can be perfect. It's like people who draft that way in fantasy football, same expecting to deal. expecting to be successful. Yeah, exact same deal. Uh, next one at Stott ninety nine. When Jared Cook goes full woke, how does Denny do the opposite of a shower cry? Um, I think uh, it will be a shower, but it'll just be Miller Light. I'll just it'll just be just Miller Light. Yeah, a bath a bath of Miller Light. Bath, and I'll just I'll just have a straw and I'll drink it all, and then I'll pass out in the bath tub and then <laughs> melissa will post pictures of me on twitter <laughs> and that'll stay be woke. the end of that account stay uh, woke. next one at beaver bkr being offered des for jordy straight up in ppr what are your thoughts i would take I, I oh man i think i'd take i'd take des over jordy i think you know i had a slight moment of hesitation but i want des in that deal all day yeah i agree uh, next one at Rich Luchin. He says, uh, "No, you hate Mel Gordon this week." That's from my Periscope because I talked down on Melvin Gordon this week. Uh, I love Melvin Gordon this season, but this week I'm just not in love. So Derek Henry, Chrissy Michael, <laughs> Chrissy, Tev Coleman, better options. I would I, look if if Thomas Rawls, if the prognosis continues to be negative, I'm down with starting Michael over Melvin Gordon this week. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I, sure. I mean, I think I think Michael becomes like an elite play almost with that spread and yeah, with probably the, like a top fifteen, possible... probably a top fifteen or so back. I would think, right? We should, I think more than, better than that. But uh, how? <laughs> I do. I'm sorry, but no, if I know. Getting, I know if... you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I just think it's just this. It's the, it's the most JJ and Denny answer ever. Right. Top fifteen. I'm going top five. Right. Uh, not <laughs> not five, but top ten for sure. So. Uh, Thomas Rawls' Twitter is tilting off the axis of the earth right now. Right. Um, but what did they? What did Thomas Rawls' Twitter expect? I don't get it. This was always in the cards. This right. was always in the range of outcomes that he was not going to play or be limited or be still hurt. Why is this a shock to people? Right. I agree. I anyway. I, I, I avoided. Rawls for the most part this season just because that backfield's loaded with talent too. Exactly. Uh next one. At not in your league. Ty God or one of the weekly streamers. Think we would both say Ty God this week. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and then the same guy, Jameis or one of your streamers. I think I'd go Jameis against Atlanta. Over I think Jameis is actually set up to to be a potential top ten guy. I don't I don't think that You're just such a hater. I am a, I am a hater, but I also think he's just bad. Uh, I think Jameis. I, I will. I think Jameis is at least a top fifteen play this week. But I think that about Alex. Okay, all right. Then yeah, we got I our, think we I'd got go Alex. Uh, next one at SMGDH. What was the subject you hated most in school? Mm-hmm. How about you? Probably chemistry. I hated my sophomore year of high school. I was. I right. just hated chem. You're being very specific. Um, yeah, well, that's because it's stupid. Like, it's a stupid subject. Uh, I was miserable in all math classes, uh, both uh, literally and uh, figuratively. Uh, um, I often failed math classes and had to stay after to get help and have to beg and plead 
for do-overs and could I do extra credit and please let me pass this class. I did that my entire career into college through college. Wow. I hate yeah, not good, not good I with love the math, man. Well, yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. I that that that's why the fantasy thing is not like super natural to me as far as right. as numbers go. I do a lot of things mathematically the long way. Like right. the like I spend probably like triple the time that I need to do because I just I just I just totally tuned out. This is a math. good interview. Uh, this we're learning a lot about you here. Like 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 can't like real real things, Denny. You know what I did? Oh, here's one. I I used to have an ongoing fictional story that I wrote by hand during math class because pe- the the people in the class wanted more chapters. They wanted more stuff, right? It was like this espionage thriller type thing. And so I would write it by hand while math was going on. And my teacher, when when they took it away and ripped it up in oh front of me. Oh my gosh. Did you start crying? I was devastated, but I, you know, I was trying to be cool in front of everybody. So when, when he ripped it up, I was like, Psh, I don't even care. You know what he did? Did he, did he take it and rip it up and just look at you and say, stay woke? Yeah. <laughs> he pretty much, well, he, he said the, the conservative Baptist high school version of that, which yeah, right, right. was, was Jesus fine doesn't Jesus. want you to do this. But yeah, Jesus doesn't want you to express creativity. God. Oh, man. Next one at the Ben Helms. He said, Thomas Rawls or an IPA. Which one is Denny taking first? Oh, that's hard. And then, I mean, but the, the, the good part is flip side, C Mike or bubblegum ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well you you know me i'll choke down the ipa and avoid rawls yeah next one at tubaca underscores is pick three to start aj green keenan allen allen robinson sammy watkins so aj green gets rebus but i don't think you can bench aj green mm. keenan allen's in, in a relatively tough spot allen robinson's a must uh, is, is a go right so this comes down to Sammy Watkins or Keenan Allen. So you got Sammy against the uh, against the Ravens. He has a lot of upside there. Keenan Allen, to me, I would lean Keenan Allen. I think that Keenan Allen is actually a very interesting GPP play this week. I'm going to ruin everything and and say I'm definitely going Sammy Watkins here. Over Keenan Allen? Over, over Keenan, yeah. All right, well then sorry for the lack of help there. I'm really sorry. Next one, at Too Much Tuma. He said pick three of Jordy. Macklin, Keenan, and Moncrief. So Jordy's on a snap count potentially. Uh, Macklin, not in a bad spot against San Diego. Keenan again, and then Moncrief. Moncrief is a must start for me of that group. Really? Oh, Moncrief is going to go ham this week. Wait a second. Wait, he's the must start? I'm uh, Look, okay. The Lions have Darius Slay, who sometimes shadows. If he shadows T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. Moncrief is going to go ham. Even if he doesn't shadow him, you have an offensive line that has issues. T.Y. Hilton's not going to be able to get get his going deep necessarily. It's going to be more difficult. He might still get it, but it's fine. Moncrief is going to be sort of a security blanket, I think, in this offense this week and moving forward. He's going to be more of that possession receiver for them and obviously a bigger red zone threat. I legitimately think Mon- – look, I we did a bold predictions article on number fire, and I said that Dante Moncrief – my bold prediction was that Dante Moncrief would be a top 10 wideout this year. I And I, I don't Ooh. think – I don't think that it's impossible for that to happen. I really don't. I think that Moncrief can take over as a number one wideout this season in, in Indianapolis and let T.Y. Hilton do what T.Y. Hilton does. There's going to be plenty of volume to go around in what should be a high-scoring game in week one. I love, love, love Moncrief this week. Mm, 
I mean, you have a convincing argument. I, I don't, I don't have much to say to to to, to counter that. He so he has Jordy among that group. Jordy, Macklin, Keenan, or yeah. Moncrief. I mean, I think with the pitch count and this and that, I think I think if you have to bench Jordy. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Next one at not only that, I love Randall Cobb this week. Next one at Knuckle Pop. Watch one seriously. Follow one. Delete one. Stranger Things, UFC fights, or The Bachelor slash Bachelorette. I'm sorry. So what was the what was the option? You have to the, watch I'm one. Sorry. You have to watch one seriously. Follow one or delete one. Okay, uh, I will delete UFC because yes. I am just. I will too. I will too, Denny. I'm so I, over it. I can't deal. I just can't deal with even the concept of it. The the vision, like the sight, the visual is so horrific. I can't even deal with it. I agree. It. I agree. Um, so you have, to, you have to watch one or seriously follow one. So you're going to seriously fo- – I'm assuming you're going to seriously follow Stranger Things and you're just going to watch The Bachelor Bachelor. Yeah, I can – look, I've I've uh, I've drank through worse shows than, than that, so and I can I'm watch gonna, it. I'm going to reverse those two. I'm going to seriously follow The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and then I'm just going to watch Stranger Things. I, I, that makes sense, but – UFC for real guys. I I don't know how you guys watch it. I but. don't either. Uh, next one at math teacher. I asked my students to describe themselves in one word. Two kids put goat. <laughs> should, <laughs> should I give them A's for the year now? Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. Uh, next one at beer and blank. Melinda. Uh, she says, how many gigs does the folder gift Fisher on JJ's desktop currently have in it? So, well, you you have a whole hard drive dedicated to well, it. Well, so I do have my Fisher gifts. Uh, I'll, I'll pop it open right now. So right now I have seventy nine gifts, um, and it's two hundred megabytes on my on my desktop. You have seventy nine. I've said, Denny. Look, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, which you are because you're hearing this, on Monday next week is 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 Jeff Fisher Day on Twitter because it, when they're playing San Francisco, it's gonna be after the Steeler game. I'm gonna be already jacked because they're probably gonna win. No, they're probably not going to. I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm gonna be jacked regardless because I'm going to unleash the the, the Fisher gifts while they're Dude, playing San Francisco. Are you kidding me? That so you're uh, the let's see, the over under on retweets you're gonna get that night is two thousand. Uh, maybe we'll see. I had one of my best ones the other day with. Uh, with him explaining how to go eight and eight. I don't know if you saw that one. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're kind of. I mean, I don't want to like you know inflate your ego uh, because not you know both of us can't have inflated egos. Right. But um, you are you're kind of an artist when it comes oh, to this you. gifting of of Jeff Fisher. Someone had a uh, a good a good uh, description of my Twitter account. It was come for fantasy football analysis, stay for the for the Jeff Fisher gifts. I would I would flip and reverse that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next one at three one nine Woody. He says Matt Ryan or the streamer. I'd go Matt Ryan. I love Matt Ryan this week too. I like that game between look. Dude, the the Tampa Bay secondary is horrible. Matt Ryan has a great history against them over the last couple of years. It's in Atlanta where he plays a lot better, in a dome where he plays a lot better. Matt Ryan, low-key, very good play this week. Uh, I don't feel like fighting. <laughs> so, so fine. <laughs> That's good because the next the next tweet, you know how every like every every three groups of Twitter questions we get, there's always one that's just like unreal, like just mm-hmm. unreal good. 
this is the one. Mm-hmm. It's from Clark3179. He says, how do you feel about the fantasy team name Tyler Boyd Young Boyd? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. That's so good. good. So good. Look, if any of you guys are, are, are trying to figure out a good team name, please make that your team name and then tweet it at Matt Harmon and at the Living the Stream account so we can retweet them. So change your team name to Tyler Boyd Young Boyd and send us a screenshot and we will retweet that. Boy, young boy. All right. Yes. Next one at bedtime 37 thoughts on leagues that have playoffs going into week 17 garbage leagues for garbage people. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That is, he's not wrong though. It kind of is. It is. It is because you have, I mean, you have to bench like the guy who got you there sometimes. Right. Silly. That sucks. I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to bench Matt Saracen. He, he, don't ever say that. No, you don't even you don't even mention that. You don't even mention the bench and Saracen in the same sentence. By the way, here's what you do. If you feel like if you set your your championship to week 17 because you want action, and I get that. I get it. Here's what you do. You create a daily fantasy account or two or three or five and you just go crazy on week in week 17. It's very fun. Daily fantasy yeah. is very very fun on week 17. And if you uh, want here's a plug because I'm a FanDuel company. You are. Number Fire. I'm not. Number Fire is. You can go play friends mode on FanDuel where you can play against your friends so you're not even losing that aspect of it. There you go. Boom. Uh, next one, at BK Vosmer. He says, thank you, dot, dot, dot. That is all. That's all. You're welcome. Next one, at VP Vinci. He says, full PPR, Jarvis or Mon- Moncrief at Flex? Oh, we know what you're going to say. Yeah, of course. And that's not, that's easy. That one's easy because they're playing Seattle. I mean, so we're not thinking that Jarvis Landry is going to end up with like 14 catches for 80 yards. I mean, he could, but I, I would still go Moncrief. I guess, yeah. Next one, at Brotato Chip Kelly. He says, uh, Mon- that's the most random. Wow, that's an insane handle. Uh, Moncrief or Demarius as my flex. I'm going Moncrief, dude. <laughs> I'm going Moncrief. JJ, OBJ or Moncrief? Video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I have to I have to find I have to just reach out to see where the bottom is here. <laughs> where is the bottom? Look, I think Moncrief's like a top ten to fifteen play this week. Okay. Like there are very few guys that I would play over Dante Moncrief. So who is it, Moncrief or who? Demarius. Oh my God! You're gonna just... bench Demarius Thomas. For Moncrief, I, look, I, I like Demarius this week. I think he's going to fly under the radar in DFS, but I'm playing Dante Moncrief. I don't think, mm, I don't think you can go wrong really here. But I would actually go Demarius. Woo! All right, next one at the FF Whisperer. <laughs> don't, don't act like I'm the one with that. <laughs> the, the FF Whisperer. He says Abdullah, Ryan Matthews, or Hearns is my flex this week. Non PPR. I. Go ahead. You can go first. Abdullah, Ryan Matthews, or Hearns? Uh, Matthews. Yeah, I agree. I think Matthews is set up for a really good game. Again, we keep throwing DFS stuff out there, but like, I think Matthews, again, is a great GPP play because not a lot of people are talking about him this week. Yeah. Next one, at Andrew Schmidt 24 who is Denny going to take on next after Big Floss and Big Dog? Big, <laughs> big Q-tip? Big Baking Soda Toothpaste? Big oh baking soda toothpaste it's horrific. Um, 
uh, you know, Big Q-Tip, I think, needs to be taken down a notch. Uh, I, I think that they it doesn't do the job it's supposed to do. Sometimes I jam the earwax even further into that's my bad. ear. That's bad for you, by the way, to Q-Tip your ears, Denny. I heard, I actually hear you're, you're not supposed to do that. But what do you do when your ears are itchy? What do you do? I have to, I mean, I, do you want the TMI here? Sure. I have to go get my, because I have terrible canals. I have to get mine cleaned every six months. So you go to the doctor? Yeah, they do the, like, the little, like, they, they like, they. It's yeah. a suction situation? Yeah, they suction it out like a vacuum. It's oh, my God. Most, it's the most gratifying feeling you've ever felt in your life. Can I, can I tell you, can I, just real quick, can I tell you a dad story? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So I was like 18 living with my parents and I hear the vacuum going, but it's, you know, it's not downstairs like it usually is. It's upstairs in my parents' bedroom. So I like walk up and I like knock and nothing's happening. I'm like, what's going on? It's going on forever, right? It's, it's been on for like 10 minutes. And I open the door and my dad is vacuuming his ear. <laughs> He has the little detached piece, and 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 he's rigged it up with tape, with 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 uh, duct tape, and he has it on his ear, and he's trying to suck the something out of it. And I was like, Dad, what are you doing? He was like, I'm just, I'm just. Doing, I was like, Dad, this is not medically appropriate. <laughs> How is that a thing? Oh my god, he was like a caveman. He was like, Oh, oh, me take, you know, me take uh, vacuum cleaner, me clean ear, you know. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh my god! I was like, that, that would scar me for life. Serious? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I would have rather walked in on a lot of things besides that. But it, man, <laughs> good god! Next one at, at all right. Get ready for this one at B zero B zero B zero B zero B. Okay. I, Am I crazy or is Devont Devont Bay Booker a better rookie to grab late than Procise Dixon Washington Smallwood etc. All right, I, sure, that's fine. But I've gotten so many Devontae Booker questions over the last week, and, like, I don't get it. Like, C.J. Anderson is going to be the guy. And then, uh, Devontae Booker is, is a, sure, maybe above average uh, um, handcuff, mm-hmm. but that offense is not very good. Like, why are we, in, why are we so into Devontae Booker? I don't get it. Ambiguity? I, yeah, but I think that people hate cj anderson from last year yeah that's probably that's probably part of it and so they they they're like okay well the the guy who broke my heart and killed my league killed my team last year uh he's definitely gonna choke like a dog again i want his backup yeah uh next I, don't know. One. I think that that's yeah, yeah no that makes sense that makes total sense sorry i didn't mean to cut you off that's okay i'm just a dick uh <laughs> next one at john underscore T4K, half point PPR, flex Cobb or Ware? I think Ware is, oh man, that's that's really, really tough. I think because I, I really like Cobb this week. If Ware gets the start and Jamal is not playing, I, it's Ware all day for me. Yeah, but if Jamal's in for, you know, even if he's in, then, then you can go Cobb. That's that's right. what we'll go. All right. right. Um, the next one is at E-Man the dog. Which does Dennis dislike more, hot dogs or dogs in general? Uh, I, I ate a hot dog yesterday, so I have to say I like hot dogs better than the do- I just don't like dogs. I don't know, it's okay. man. It's okay. We know that you hate things. Uh, the next one at Zach underscore Dennis, what's four sets value? Same as before he was cut. Yeah, I don't think that's changed. 
I think my only take is that we – it actually has not changed, but our our perception might have changed, right? Like I think the way that I see it now is that it's the same as it's always been with Justin Forsett. But to me, I think the fact that they made that move, that Buck Allen played with third and fourth stringers in the preseason, I, I really think to start the year – like I like I, I think I mentioned it earlier on the, on the show, like Terrence West to me is going to probably get the most carries in that backfield week one. That's my guess. My, but my question is that, you know, not to be snarky, but does that matter? And it's on a team that's going to be probably no. playing from behind a lot. No, I don't think any of the running backs matter enough. I know. I, I wouldn't. I, think, I, I would. I would only hold the backs on my roster and not play them this week just to see if something happens. It's it's going right. It's going to require an injury or two to have some clarity. I think there. Yeah, potentially. Uh, the next one is at Shafe underscore Neck. Who would you bench between Ty Keenan and Jordy? So we already said Jordy would be benched for Keenan. So I guess it's Ty and Keenan we would play. We would bench Jordy if he's on the snap count. Yeah, Jordy freaks me out. Okay, next one at AJ Depot twelve. He says, uh, "Help me pick one tight end for this week out of Ertz, Dwayne Allen, and Jared Goat." Mm, God, I get these Allen and Cook yeah. questions all the time. It's hard. And it's really hard because I think that they both have a lot of upside. I do too. I really do. Um, <sighs> I I think Dwayne Allen might be just generally safer because we know, you know, we know his role a little bit more. Um, but I'm not against going Jared Cook there. I would avoid Ertz because of of Wentz and because of that offense potentially being a disaster from, through the air. Um, but I think that I I and then to further complicate this question, I think that Ertz is the lone guy who can benefit from Wentz being in there. Maybe, yeah, he could be. Short um, throws and whatnot. We're not doing we're not doing this guy much good. No, so I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just say Dwayne Allen. I I have been saying Cook over Allen, so I'm going to say stay consistent. Okay. Next one, I need FF help. Okay, well we'll try to give you that. I need to start two in PPR. Rashad Jennings. Duke John, I'm assuming it's Duke Johnson because it's D Johnson. You're, you know, David Johnson is a must start. Rashad Jennings, Duke Johnson, Charles Sims, T.J. Eldon, Amir Abdullah. You need to start two. I will say, I think Rashad Jennings is a lock in this. Sure. I think Rashad Jennings is is in a good spot this week against Dallas. So it's Duke, Charles Sims, T.J. Eldon, and Abdullah. I really like T.J. Eldon. In, in what's going to be a negative game script, more than likely for Jacksonville against Green Bay, I think he's going to be on the field a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that, sure. Cool. Uh, looks like we got three, four, five more. We'll go quick. Eight more. Uh, at Dean Becerra, do you try to use QB to offset other positional players? For example, start Cousins over Breeze because the opponent has Reed. Mm. The only time I think about doing that is if I have like a comfortable lead or something and I don't want one guy to like an, going into a yeah. Monday night game or something like that. That's the only time I would think about doing that. Yeah, seriously, uh, just... For me, I want to max out points for yeah. myself. Yeah. I don't. I don't tend to worry about that too much. Yeah. Uh, next one at uh, LG Zorro. He says, "Den Den, what is the appropriate way to celebrate each Jer- each of Jared Cook's three touchdowns this weekend?" Um, I think congratulating yourself in a mirror is probably what I'll do. Yeah. You know, just staring into the mirror and being right, like, just, "Just look and just pointing, you, at, pointing at yourself." You did. You did great. You did great. And then I'll hug the picture of my cat Tabby. <laughs> The next one at Bob Mahalik, Jesse James or Clive Walford? James. Yeah, Walford's in an interesting spot, but I think James has a much more secure role in the offense. 
Walford. Yeah. Walford. Last one. Rashad Jennings or Moncrief week one PPR flex. Easily Moncrief for me. PPR. Yes. Dante Mongoat. Sweet, man. All right. That does it for the week one show, Denny. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Before we go, I just want to remind people, you know, bench your roster if you want to get under the skin of your league mates a little bit. Uh, the hashtag bench your roster movement was strong last year, very strong. It yes. put people on tilt big time. Uh, send me the reactions of your league mates. If they text you or whatever, they call you. Send me the reactions because that is the best. Last year we had a dozen fantastic reactions to this. Uh, be careful, though. Don't get caught with your pants down, okay? Yes. No, we don't want that. We want you to have a full lineup come Sunday afternoon or Thursday evening. Uh, so be careful with that. Uh, but there was a, a, a Twitter follower who, who had a really good point today. If you have someone like that question that JJ just fielded about, do you play Cousins if the other guy has Reed, vice versa? If you have someone who is, who is watching the opposing lineup that closely, they will react many times to what you do with your lineup. So if you do something weird like bench Julio Jones for Pierre Garcon or something, they they are going they they are going to react. I just tr- just trust me on this. Now, if the person if you know that the person's not going to look at your lineup and doesn't really care, then don't don't waste your time. Just plug in your lineup and just and just play. Uh, but it is it's fun. And let me know how it goes. You can find me on Twitter at cdcarter13 and uh, check out draftdayconsultants.com. We have a great DFS newsletter that goes out Thursday morning. Yes, and you can follow me on Twitter at LateRoundQB. Uh, all of my work over at NumberFire. Published the first 15 transactions column of the season today, which is exciting because that means that it is officially lit. <laughs> it is lit. <laughs> it is lit. All right, Denny, let's go get some milkshakes and prepare for the week one debacle. Are you ready? My stomach, yes. All right, guys, good luck in week one, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the teams and as we live.